Hey guys, welcome back to Tap That Easy Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. In this episode, my man, Classy Alcoholic, joins me as co-host. I thought about having Classy do this one by himself, but for two reasons, I decided against it. Number one, if you listen to the Dillinger episode, you'll realize why it was a huge mistake to have Classy as the sole interviewer. So that'll never happen again. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Classy, you probably aren't even listening to this episode because you're a dick and you don't listen to these episodes unless you're on them. But actually, you will be listening to it because you are on them. Anyways, Classy, just kidding. You know I love you. Classy's a great interviewer. But the real reason that it was him and I tag teaming this one is because I've been wanting to uh, meet Mike from Borderlands for a long time. And Borderlands is one of my favorite breweries. Uh, Tool Avenue is one of my favorite Arizona IPAs. And just heard great things about about Mike. Just an intelligent guy, uh, charismatic, just a a, a super nice guy. Uh, Borderlands is one of uh, Classy's favorite breweries. I think it actually might be his number one. But uh, um, he's friends with Mike as well. So Classy and I go down to Tucson. Uh, Classy was actually already there because that's where he lives in some park under the bench somewhere in Tucson but uh so we go over to Borderlands and hang out with Mike so great conversation Mike is an awesome dude really excited for these guys to open up their public house up by me which is a seven dollar uber ride I've already calculated it seven dollar uber ride from where I live so pretty stoked about that but before we jump into the episode giving out some free stickers for a rating review on iTunes so huge favor help climb this show up the rankings and get more visibility for the show and arizona beer go to itunes give a rating and review take a screenshot send that to me at eric at tap or through facebook or uh, instagram direct message and i'll get you out a sticker so let's tap into borderlands brewing company Okay, so we are at one of the coolest breweries in Arizona. I, the coolest. I, it, I mean, I want to say the coolest, but I don't want other people to feel bad. <laughs> Mike, this place is the fucking coolest. Dude. <laughs> the coolest. Yes. No, this, um, I, I always, and probably people who listen to this episode have listened to multiple episodes are probably getting annoyed at me saying how awesome the Tucson beer scene is. Because <laughs> of buildings like this, dude, like the brick and yeah. just the, the character. Vintage um, industrial, let's call yeah, it. Yeah, I like it. I like it, man. So um, before we get into this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm let you guys introduce yourself, um, starting with this weird son of a bitch on my <laughs> left here. Hi, I am your co-host, the Classy Alcoholic, Arizona's number one craft beer, wine, and spirits blogger. I wanted to make sure that I may, had him introduce himself a minute in so yeah. that in case people decided to not listen, right, they can make an that hour. decision. Please yeah. let me yes, talk. Let me talk. <laughs> yeah. And this gentleman right here. I am Mike Malazzi, co-founder of Borderlands and uh, research scientist at the University of Arizona. Dr. Mike, right? Yes, I don't like to talk about that no? because okay. people like you judge brought me. It up, motherfucker. Oh, really? They put yeah. up walls. I didn't say it was a PhD. I brought I brought That's that up. Point. Impressive, though. Very, very impressive. And uh, and that says a lot about some of the events that you guys do here. And we'll, yes. we'll, we'll get into that, which I love following the events. I'm like, dude, like, who does that? Which you have to listen a little bit longer to get into that. But anyways. <laughs> so, guys, thanks for joining. Uh, love this place. We are enjoying. Well, I'm enjoying you and, you and I. Mike and I are doing the Tool Avenue. 
that's the one. Do you, do you see that being the one here? It like is. That, yeah. I, it's it uh, was rated by Draft Magazine as being in the top fifty in the country. Nice. It's our top selling brand, um, and it is named after the street of our location, which also has an interesting history, which is a, a family in in Tucson. Uh, the Tuli family, T O U L I, their Lebanese family that still runs produce in Tucson since the 1800s. Uh, and the anglicized version of that name is T O O L E, which is the street that we're on. And, and this this location is a is an 1800s produce warehouse owned by Tuli and Sons. Yeah, dude. dude Tucson so has all of these weird. So, like, Tucson logos have all these stories. It's the most intersectional place in the universe, right? As far it's, as I can tell. it's like people who grew up here. It's like, oh my, uh, th- my grandpa. Like uh-huh. that. Th- that's his. The street oh, is named and, after him. Yeah. Well, no, this is no joke. Like the the owner, the Tuli family, is like the great 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 grandfather of my. Uh, former business partner milestone wow no shit yeah dude full circle intersectional <laughs> that's gonna be the ca- the hashtag for this episode <laughs> intersectional my, my great uncle chico like he, <laughs> he he died from a speed overdose and his last words were i shouldn't have done so much speedway and that's how we got speedway boulevard that's g umlaut umlaut e-y yeah Oh, man, I have a feeling this conversation is going to get off the it's rails. It's going to go off the rails. It is, yeah, We're all sure. about the rails here at Borderlands. That is, that's very true, yeah. which explains what's about 20 feet from this wall right here. Yes. Which is... You may hear a train. You will hear a train during yeah, this episode. Yeah, Our goal is to, if a train's coming, we're going to stop. But I think we should let it roll through the first time just so. to get people... Yeah, you just have to stop for the whistle, and then you'll hear the train roll by. That's true. I'll that just say true. racist shit, but you won't be able to hear it because the train is going by. <laughs> but I just I know I'll get it on mic. It's great. I'm yes. very happy about it. <laughs> so I am drinking a 20-ouncer oh, uh, yes. <laughs> of... Uh, hi, I'm here too. <laughs> shit. I'm drinking a mug of Sunshine yeah. Haze Dream. It is a uh, it's an IPA that was a collab between Borderlands and Divided Vine yes. uh, Beer and Wine Bar out in Gilbert? Arizona. Is it Arizona? It's in Arizona. Yes, it's in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Divided Vine. I'm, so, I'm I was so getting Chandler and Gilbert confused, anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's well, Tucson and Phoenix is just one place. The Phoenix metro area. That is true. I'm gonna Google from Avondale to like Queen Creek. I'm gonna Google you, divided. Oh wait, there's there's a Pokemon here. I'm gonna catch that. Then I'm gonna Google you. Oh Oh, God, God, jeez. I mean, I'm a nerd in some ways, but this guy's just on another level. Yeah. I thought that dog was taking a shit right there. So you guys are dog friendly. We are dog friendly. (laughs) Please keep your dogs on a leash. Right. Yes. So Mike, let's go back to divided by Disney Gilbert. Sorry, eight six one North Hickley Road, number one one six Gilbert, Arizona. Thank you. There we go. Now we can rest on our laurels. Classy. Classy. <laughs> so, take me back to the beginning. So, you're, yes. you're what, seven? The year was 2011. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, we opened in December of 2011. We were the fourth uh, brewery to be open at that time. Okay. It was Nimbus, uh, Barrio, uh, Thunder Canyon. And then we opened... And then Dragoon opened in January of okay. the following year. Yep. You beat Dragoon? I didn't know. One I, month. We got you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought Dragoon was open before y'all were. Wow. Mike's Ernie. beating his chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, bar- it was barely. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying anything by saying that. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so it, why? Like, why, why open up a brewery? So, so, when, so uh, I had just moved here, sorry, in 2009. 
Um, and uh, I had come from being seven years in graduate school okay. uh, at Loyola in Chicago. Okay. And uh, had completely just been disenchanted with academic science, uh, which is in a sorry state for a lot of reasons, which we can or don't have to get into. Yeah. But um, I wanted out, basically. Yeah. But, but um, I, you know, it's still part of my passion and interest. So I took a position with a former... Um, there was no positions open because the federal budget was frozen, which means all research dollars were frozen. Uh, but I had a, a professor uh, in my department who is moving to take a faculty position at the U of A and the Southern Arizona VA healthcare system. And so I went with her because her grant was already funded prior to the f- freezing of the federal budget. Okay. Um, and when I moved here, I didn't know anyone, but I, I my sister's best friend from high school, intersectional, um, yeah. intersectional, <laughs> uh, lived here. Uh, she had moved here because she was a returning Peace Corps volunteer. Okay. So the University of Arizona... Uh, brings in a lot of returning Peace Corps volunteers uh, to 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 do continuing education graduate school, basically. Uh, and she introduced me to her group of friends at the time who were doing their master's in public health. And uh, we would go, they would play kickball at the park every Monday. So I met them there. Um, and that's where I met my business partner, Miles Stone. Okay. And he had some homebrewing equipment. So, uh, and I was interested in getting back into homebrewing because I had been so you'd a while before, gotcha. in college. I, yeah. I'm, I went to Colorado State Fort Collins. Okay. Which is, you know, as you know, beer mecca. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. That, uh, so, that's, <laughs> yeah. so I was looking to get back into it. We brewed one batch and we were like, this is awesome. Let's open a brewery. <laughs> and he came from a small business family in town. They owned Full Cycle, uh, which is a chain of bike shops here in town. Okay. So he, he sort of had that experience. I was looking to, you know, do something else. Um, and we uh, talked ourselves into it. I mean, when you looked at the market at that time, having uh, you know a metro population of about a million people in Tucson, a college town, and then you look at Portland, which is approximately the same within the city limits and the number of breweries there, we're like, well, obviously, yeah. this is the next place to <laughs> yeah. light up. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we did it. And we were fundraising during the Great Recession, and everyone was looking to put their money anywhere besides yeah. Wall Street. So we had a ton of just relatively small to medium-sized investors that helped us get this place off the ground. Well, and that's interesting, too, because when you first had mentioned that to me, I was thinking that seems to be a tough time to get investors. But from the sounds of it, it was actually a great time. Yeah, because, it really was. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Obama. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I... He was really... I, I could say he, he wanted to get that, that out so yeah, hard. Yeah. No, so I, I want to say, that I've, I've said to many people before, that Borderlands is my favorite Arizona brewery. I yes. will stand by that. I gave them the Classy Alcoholic Award for Best Brewery. At, it is, uh, it's up, love, right? It's up right now. It's up on the wall, yeah. The great thing about this award is that, you know, when, when you go to a place and it's like, oh, we got Best Hot Dogs in like 2010, well, what happened since then? The thing about the Classic Holic Award, as long as it's, as it's on the wall, it's still the best place. So if you ever fuck up, like I will strip that from you <laughs> ceremoniously <laughs> yeah. and give it to somebody else. Like I'll give a Singaporean shit. caning. <laughs> <laughs> what I was getting at, though, is that um, this this place was 
not the first craft beer place that I that I went to, but it definitely was at a time when craft beer was weird. So you make a, a Noche Dulce vanilla porter, and when I first tried it, I thought, holy shit, a dark beer with vanilla? Whoa, what? <laughs> how, how is that even possible? <laughs> prickly pear wheat beer. The prickly pear, which I don't think has that been was on new. in like... That was new. Yeah, that was, that was new. I, I, I thought, wow. Prickly bear in a beer? How is that even possible? <laughs> now, obviously, you know, the beer scene has progressed where you're putting fried chicken in fucking beer or yeah. whatever. But and broccoli and cheese. Yeah. And what? <laughs> cow testicles? It's a thing. Don't. Really? No. Like, no. Just no. <laughs> My not. question is, what was it like in that time? Was it just as weird for everybody as it was for so, me? That's interesting because, like, I have a totally different perspective having come from Colorado where that scene is, you know, probably 10 years ahead of... Uh, Arizona and that didn't seem too nice to me and, and and when we opened the brewery Miles and I both felt that it was important to have an authentic sense of place and 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 that's why we wanted to incorporate local flavors and local ingredients like Mexican vanilla you know we import that from Merida in the Yucatan Peninsula we we went to local prickly pear harvesters just because we thought that was important and yeah so, That's yeah. a cool approach to it too, yeah. and, and so um, name wise, like why? Like I love the name. Like I love, I love just yeah, just has a feeling to so it. That was another important thing that we were thinking about. It's like how do you have an authentic sense of place with your name? Uh, and we also were thinking like, well, where do we want to be? Like ten years from now, uh, we we don't necessarily want to be all over the country, but we want to be you know a thought leader in this region. Yeah. Um, and of course, this region is defined by the border. Yeah. Um, and we also had some other friends who are uh, uh, activists, actually, that work for Sierra Club. Okay. Uh, and they had just launched a campaign called the Borderlands Campaign uh, to protect that uh, very d- uh, fragile desert environment from, uh, you know, the building of the border wall and other and other challenges as well. And sure. so we felt like that was a good name. Good name. So, yeah. Yeah, and it is great. I also like that uh, you use Spanish names for your beers to make white people feel cultured when they come in to drink the beer. <laughs> yeah. It also forces gringos to learn a little bit of Spanish. Although, what's funny about Noche Dulce uh, is they always turn it into Italian, which I don't mind being an Italian, which is like... They, call, they call it Noche it? Dulce. Yeah, Noche Dulce, which would be this Italian version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... So obviously, when when there's I've heard so many stories of people like you know homebrewing and having some beers like dude yeah let's fucking start yeah. start a brewery right yeah. so um, first of all the location here I mean just this 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 property alone is just amazing so what was there a point where you guys realized that like this is not just us pounding beers in the in the garage making homebrew this is actually this shit might happen yeah was there times that you guys came well, across that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I don't, that's a really interesting question because I think anyone who's interested in starting a brewery sort of goes through a process. But the issue with that process, unless you have a business background and you're extremely thorough, which I would say is the minority of breweries that exist today, um, 
you're just going through the process and you don't have time to reflect or think about it. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know that I have any thoughts about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's <laughs> yeah. good. But, the, but that's like you were caught up in what, what's, what's happening to, yeah. get, to get it rolling. You were just like, you made the decision to do it and then you just did it until it was done. And then you look back and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like right now you probably yeah. look back like, well, Jesus there's, Christ. It, yeah. And there's a good point, which I, people always ask me, like, that people come to me a lot and they say, oh, I want to start a business. And I'm like, my first advice is do not start a business. <laughs> Don't do it. And That's then if they come back to me and they're like, I still want to start a business. I'm like, okay, well, then you're going to need a lot of counseling. Yeah. I disagree. Follow your dreams, y'all. Well, no, but only follow your dreams if they're powered by a level of passion required to fulfill them. Sure. That's true. That is, that is that's, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's, that's the thing they don't tell you. Yeah. Yeah, because people in, um, I don't know, I think people sometimes make the decisions based on, yeah, this sounds really cool. Like, I don't really know much about this industry, but it sounds cool. You're do it. Right. That's not a recipe for... A lot for, of people get into brewing for that particular reason. Of the, the, the draw. Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. The draw. Sounds cool and like um, it's popular. And Rebecca Safford shared this from Tap and Bottle, shared, shared this great article yeah. with um, me and with other people in this community. Which is the entrepreneurial price of, or the the psychological price of entrepreneurship? Yeah. And there's this great pull quote from that article, which is like, "This was me riding a lion," and all of my friends were like, "Whoa, look at that dude riding a lion! He's dope!" And you're sitting there on this lion, going, "How the fuck did I get on this lion? And where do I get off?" <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what it's like. I, I really like that you bring that up because I, I've I've heard a lot of articles or people saying that, oh. Brewing breweries are sexy. They're the new thing. Like people, people want to get into it because they think it's a money maker. Mm. Like, it, let's bust some myths. It's not a fucking money maker. It's no. an extremely capital intensive industry that yeah. requires a lot of front end fundraising and sweat equity. And what I've heard is it almost not, not as a, an official number, but you need to have three times as much money and three times as much time as you think yes, you, you do. Know. Right. Yes. And also yeah. for owners. Between not, two and three. There's, yeah. not really a, there's not really a retirement plan unless you get bought out by AB InBev. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's another thing in the industry. We don't have to get into the industry much, but it's sure. the long-term uh, planning is not there. It's something that the the whole scene, I think, in, in Arizona is, is going through a process of leveling up about knowledge, about uh, best practices, things like that. So. Sure. Yeah. So you, you feel that Arizona is experiencing that now where, where people are realizing Yeah, we're in the adolescence of yeah. our development in Arizona. Yeah. I think, I mean, and, and I mean, your, your experience with it is, is much greater than mine, but, but I feel like we're definitely going on the right path to, yeah, to grow. Sure. I mean, we're obviously behind Portland. We're behind Colorado and things like that, but... Um, we're the next hot scene. Too cold, fuck them so at the too, same time. Too what? It's too cold, fuck them. Yeah. Right. yeah Come to Arizona, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Not well, for long. Everything's so spread out here, though. Right? <laughs> Sorry, that's my science plug. A whole another, a whole another episode right there. So, so you guys decide we're going to open up a brewery. How did you find this place, dude? Yeah, this, so this place uh, downtown Tucson is a really interesting story uh, about during the 70s, we had the, the, high, the, you know, the skyscrapers here built. Uh, that caused uh, ballooning of the uh, real estate market downtown, which caused all of the businesses operating down here to go out of business. Oh, really? And that led when was to this? about a th- uh, this is in like the late seventies. Okay, okay, gotcha. So that led to about a thirty-year period where downtown Tucson was basically a ghost town, uh, and the only operations were like makers. 
you know, kind of like artsy maker types. Interesting. Um, and it, it was created kind of a cool culture, but zero economic activity, okay. more or less, in downtown. And so in when I moved here about 2009, a public-private partnership called Rio Nuevo was created, uh, which has sort of a shady history and, and, and <laughs> bad dealings were done. Yeah. Um, but it was meant to rejuvenate downtown. And then yeah. when I moved here, that had been operating and, and scandals had occurred. But it, uh, it seemed as though that process was taking off organically. Okay. Um, uh, and since that time, the Rio Nuevo you know, board has been restructured and things have been fixed. Um, and the downtown area in Tucson has really expanded. And so we got really on the, on the, on the bottom floor of that rejuvenation yeah and that's what we we realized that was kind of happening and that's why we wanted to be in this area uh even though the real estate price was significant so our our current location was actually purchased by our landlords um in a rio nuevo deal that they bought this building from the county i believe gotcha gotcha okay and as, as someone who lost his ass investing in rio nuevo i'm like fifty thousand dollars in the hole but it's fine uh, everybody oh i think i'm gonna start like a gofundme yeah. or a patreon or something please give me money please yeah help me recover from the uh, investments yeah <laughs> but since that time i mean and now we have Spanish. i thought it was a good investment right. uh, I, know, I, I know what this means <laughs> but we actually have you know a great um there's a public-private partnership called uh, the Downtown Tucson Partnership Okay, that has a, a mechanism to collect uh, tax revenue from the businesses here that helps promote the area. It's It's been a huge part of, uh, and this is a really interesting story too, so craft beer and uh, gastronomy in Tucson has really been a major force for economic development and equity, Okay, uh, and craft beer is a part of that. There's a great article by Gary Nabham, who's a a major um, influential force in uh, in gastronomy and, and food equity and justice. Uh, he wrote a great article recently in the Tucson Weekly about this, so I would check it out. Would it so define? Because I don't even one hundred percent know what gastronomy is. So that uh, food idiot. <laughs> I, I figured. So, like, but like, there's got. So be Tucson so- just recently, in about two years ago, <laughs> uh, was awarded. Uh, uh, UNESCO, which is the UN Science and Cultural Organization designation yeah. of City of Gastronomy. It's the only city of gastronomy in North America. Uh, and par- the reason it was awarded that is because of the um, level of culinary arts here. But okay. also, and importantly, this is a piece that a lot of people forget, it's about um, cultural heritage. Okay. So the Tucson Valley... Uh, has actually been indigenously cultivated from agriculture for thousands of years. Okay. Uh, and that and keeping that cultural heritage is part of the application to become a city of gastronomy. So that's a big part of it, uh, as well as, as, as just kind of like uh, food justice, which is uh, food. There's a big uh, program at the University of Arizona looking at nutrition um, and food deserts and, that, and those sorts of things. And, yeah. and yeah, Gary Nabham was actually part of that application to become a city of gastronomy okay. yeah having city of gastronomy here in arizona definitely got us some side eye from basic bitches like uh <laughs> la and uh, new york so yeah sorry buddies sorry well so so if i if i interpret that correctly basically that's meaning that like not only is the food scene here solid but we've been growing food here for thousands, thousands of, of years. years yeah continuously so there's a and great festival just, coming up yeah. called the agave heritage festival it's uh led by the um 
Hotel Congress. Um, but at the base of a mountain is an ancient agricultural site where they grew agave to produce spirits really? for that long. And yeah. uh, what is the uh, the garden there? The um, Dang it. Are you looking at me? God, I, don't, God, like, I don't go outside no, the garden. Garden? <laughs> Eden? That's the only one I know so about. I so bad now. I'm sorry, garden <laughs> at the base of a mountain that I can't remember your name. But it's a, it's a great Madison cultural. Yeah. And they do a bunch That's of like teaching about gardening and 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 so there's going to be a ton of events look it up agave heritage festival it's okay. super cool and yeah. we're going to launch this mez crawl which is a downtown agave spirit crawl here at borderlands wow. uh and like people go around and get different spirit drinks we import a beer from our friends in bukabichi uh uh Nope, it's none of those. Sorry, I was trying to Classic. Google the garden. I'm trying to help. <laughs> Thank you. I, I thought I could help. <laughs> you were completely um, wrong. So anyway, that's, have been more wrong. that's so you have gastronomy. And craft beer, I think, was a big part of just raising awareness about that, too, as well. Gotcha. Yeah. And why? Like, why? Why? So I think the con- is what is the connection? The question is, what is the connection between yeah. the food scene and the beer scene? Yeah. And I think the major connection is that people are gravitating towards craft beer for the same reason that they're gravitating towards organic food and knowing where their food comes from because it's it's just that people don't want factory farmed shit anymore. They don't want uh, multinational yeah, corporation I, I controlled beer giant, anymore. I don't want a bag of Jack in the Box tacos. I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm and sorry, it's for the same reason. So if you look, you know, there's a bunch of uh, news coming out right now about the uh, – uh, Roundup being present in in food products and beer and wine, uh, and that's because of the way we we farm our food here in the United States. Um, and those studies show that you know craft beer has less of the that pesticide, yeah. um, and you know organic is the only thing that doesn't have it. But that's that's the way we make food, and of that because beer is made from agricultural products, that's yeah. the way we make beer. Yeah. Well, and, and from just from from the way you're saying it, and, and just the vibe I'm getting from you is that that's crucial for Borderlands to continue to like highlight the fact that like, dude, that our shit is made with shit that's right here. Yes. This is grown here in the valley. Yeah. Um, I want to say the valley because that's confusing. It sounds like Phoenix, There's but two valleys, but yes. you said the Tucson Valley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's really cool, man. And 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 I don't know if you said this before, but the fact that this building used to be. A produce warehouse. Yeah. 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 For a long time, right? Yeah. So there's a long cultural heritage of, of agriculture. I, I actually belong to the a College of Agriculture and Life Science at okay. the university. There's some amazing science being done there. Um, the UA uh, School Regional School of Food Studies is there. That's that Gary Nabham was a part of that department. Um, uh, we have great... Um, uh, Organizations like Flowers and Bullets that are doing uh, community gardening to help uh, people in underserved neighborhoods like develop food resources and knowledge and, and connection to place and earth yeah. that is just really important. So this is really interesting because, you know, when, uh, I've heard people say it's just beer when people, you know, kind of wait in line. They uh, are pissed about not getting a can release or a bottle release and they say, chill the fuck out. It's just beer. But at the same time, there's this whole other level of, of beer production that makes it clear that, well, it's also not just beer. It's also small businesses. It's also people that are passionate about this industry, that are passionate about 
local consumption and uh, you know growing things in a in a responsible way that makes the craft beer industry the scene more important to people like me to people like you eric this hashtag uh, that, intersectional yeah so so i, I mean we really when, get that one yeah right when, when, so, when someone says uh, it's just beer they're both right and wrong you know? yeah it so there, i mean there's this is just a little vignette there's a great story there's this farm here in southern arizona called bkw farms it's owned by the wong family who have been doing agriculture here for a long long time yeah. they revived uh uh uh, what is that called? A heritage strain of wheat. Oh yeah, that yeah. was uh, brought here by Father Kino. Father Kino was the Italian uh, Jesuit uh, monk or or priest. Yeah, who basically controlled this area for the church for the longest time. He's a major influential influence here in Southern Arizona, and uh, it's called Sonoran White Wheat. They brought it back from Gary Nabham was uh, the the seed bank where that came from, Native Seed Search. And a bunch of brewers are using it. And uh, Don Guerra, who's like the sort of ambassador of Tucson City of Gastronomy, uses it in his bread. So that was an, a, a, just an example of the connection between food and beer and sense of place and cultural heritage. Yeah. Dude, and that Sonoran white wheat is very popular with brewers. They, yeah. they love they love working with it. Like yeah. it's, yeah. Um, and another thing that I was thinking about too is, so uh, you're talking about the i don't know kind of like having craft beer be some sort of mechanism or or the vehicle to get messages out right absolutely that's yeah. definitely the case like um what was it the pure water brew challenge yes of like hey we've got this system to to repurpose water yes like repurpose arguably the the most disgusting water you can think of and we can make this into the cleanest water you've ever drank. Correct. People are like, eh. And that that is necessary for us to meet the water challenges that this entire region, but especially our state, is facing. We are in the yeah, desert. Absolutely. Yeah. But what better vehicle than craft beer? Because right. people are like, hey, dude, we're doing this. Uh, right. This, this, like, you know. it's th- I, what I always joke about yeah. it is like nobody wants to think about climate change because it's terribly depressing and frightening. Sure. And but if I go, hey, day. here, have a beer, <laughs> and now let me tell you about climate change. Like, well, all right, I'll just drink this beer while you tell me. What, what do I need to do? You need to drink this beer. Yeah. First, take okay. a sip. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. we're gonna tell you yeah. the real deal. Yeah. Well, just well, there's that. There's Sanagua Malt. Um, yes. I mean, these such things a cool are, story right just these things that are like craft beer is spirit it's it's helping to magnify the yeah the these processes that because so when you throw beer into it because i asked when i did the episode with chip from uh Sinagua malt i said so to the listeners like what can they do to support this he's like drink beer made with Sinagua malt yep. he's like is there an easier way 100%. to support a great cause than having to drink beer <laughs> right? so and, yeah. and this goes like i would say the the best example of this in the industry in arizona is autobahn arizona mm. they formed the western rivers yes. brewers council a bunch of us uh breweries in arizona are involved <clears throat> and they and we actually uh, the owners lobbied the state legislature to make sure that they would pass reasonable uh, watershed management legislation and pass the drought contingency plan. Yeah. Well, you guys did a beer. Yeah, that was uh, was that the we did two. Yeah. Did two. So we did uh, Rain Crow with uh, Ren House and Crooked Tooth. Dude, that one. And then one we did was... our own, which was the Great Horned IPA. I've had. I don't think I've had a Great Horned one, but the, that first one. Yeah. And there's was... more coming out. There's more. Uh, there's more that of of the breweries in that council that are yeah. working to promote that message and keep us all. 
I, accountable. It's funny. Like I, I feel like I get made fun of for giving craft beer such an importance in, in my life and what I write. But we're talking with Mike here, and we realize really how much is involved in it. And the fact that it is an important, culturally valuable resource, you know? Yeah. It's, yep. it's more than just... Let's do shot. Let's get drunk, bro. Ah, let's go to the titty bar, bro. You know, yeah. it's a certain amount of bronus, but that's well, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Well, they, well, yeah. Yeah, but uh, well, yeah. so uh, and and even on your guys' website, sustainability is is a right key center, yeah. right there. Yeah, and yeah. so explain that a little bit. Yeah, so actually, um, we uh, you know, as being part of this community and being part of uh, the problem. So I recently went to the local first Arizona good business summit uh, in Phoenix. And that was uh, the keynote speaker was Kim Jordan, the co-founder of new Belgium brewing. Um, And she gave a great talk about uh, the, uh, the whole conference was about the, the um, using business as a force for good. Okay. Uh, And the sort of uh, driving force in new Belgium is using love as a, a powerful, message so love for the craft love for the community um and part of that uh, means if you really love your community you really need to be doing something about the problem at hand which is that according to the uh international panel on climate change we have 12 years to fix the problem that's it like so that's, that's it yeah. we got 12 years people if that, so if what that are we point it's do? irreversible basically or just not worth living on earth <laughs> i have been worth living for for a while i kind of want to die i'm so i'm so happy uh, <laughs> but uh it's very me under the icebergs by fear and uh apathy which is you know a major issue or you can take action and and one one of the great things that she was talking about there was look don't deny that you're part of the problem like if we use energy we produce carbon dioxide but the thing is to say hey this is what we're doing. We're yeah. trying to draw down and reach reduction targets on the Brewers Association, which is the national organization that um, all independent craft breweries can BA. belong to, the BA. Yeah. Uh, they have this great benchmarking tools that allow you to track your power and energy usage, and, and we've started that. And you compare yourselves to the Joneses. Like you can yeah. compare yourself to a brewery your size and see how you're doing compared to others. And, and, and there's a lot of resources, technologies that you can use, like CO2 recapture, Water reduction technology, so it's great. I think this is the smartest podcast you've ever done. It really is. <laughs> for two, I was so excited for, for, for this two one. dumb yeah. guys yeah. Who are like hosting this. It's like it's amazing. My yeah. mind is blown. My intro is going to be like. So I understood about forty percent of the words that were used. Yeah, no, I have no idea what he's saying but, right now. Uh, like intersectional. No, <laughs> I'm googling. I'm literally googling all of the words he just said right now. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So what was the last one? Uh, t- t- beer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that one. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, oh, man, that's that's just what I love. You guys personify that, um, and, and you coming from the science background and and the focus that you guys want to take uh, with what you're doing and making badass beer. Like that's. I it's do a it, I perfect can. combination. Yeah, Hashtag like, what, intersectional, what, man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you recommend other breweries do? Like, what's what's the uh, a step that so they can this take? So this is this is a challenge. So like getting to the point where you're doing these benchmarking, uh, you know, tools. It's not. I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. We had a ton of assist and shout out to Local First Arizona. If you are not following what Local First Arizona is doing, then you're doing it wrong. Uh, it's Love the you, largest. Coalition of independently owned businesses in the country. Really? Yes. Wow. Uh, they are 
doing transformative work in this economy because locally owned companies mean community wealth building instead of extraction of wealth from that community to shareholders who live God knows where, maybe around the globe. Interesting. So that's a really important thing. And they created this program where we did a six-week course called Scale Up where we learned about how to do these things. Yeah. And that was critical because that's the huge knowledge gap between business owners and how they start to understand how to control sustainability. Um, and the BA has tools, but there's still that knowledge gap. So lo Local First is filling that gap. And I'm, I'm, it's too soon to say, but I'm working with Local First to develop a brewery-specific scale-up program so that it can be tailored to our industry uh, and hopefully launch so that uh, with maybe some grant money from the BA yeah. to help fill that gap and get more people adopting these these procedures. I, I feel like people from, so we're obviously in Tucson right now, I feel like people from Phoenix sort of look down on Tucson because they don't have, I don't know, uh, Papa John's on every corner. Um, Wait, they're... they're there's, oh, there's several pop-up. Oh, God, it's, 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 I was yeah. freaking out. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. Papa John's Pizza is coming. It's almost, yeah, it's almost here. No, but like the, <laughs> the fact that there are so many local businesses, it makes it hard for people to try to find a place to go or to hang out. And, yeah. you know, they're, one, they're well, one, looking at the Yelp reviews. But be, there's so yeah. much, so much to see and do and to experience. Tucson it. is all about hidden gems. Yeah. Uh, we don't have necessarily like the aesthetics of development that phoenix has but what we have are like awesome hidden gems in you know dilapidated uh you know shopping centers and yeah. strip malls right but right. these are like they <laughs> yeah. are truly hidden gems and like the quality of the food that's coming out of you know immigrant run restaurants and yeah and, and and breweries tucked away into little places. So. Dude, the history here is so it's it, it's so much different. Yeah, that's why I love coming down here. Like you walk, I love just sitting in one of these brick buildings and just. So it, this okay, yeah. I gotta tell this story. Yeah, history. Yeah. Okay. This is crazy story. <laughs> right across the street from us is a brand new county courthouse, uh, and I that project there. started twenty years what? ago. It had to be sidelined for twenty years. Why? Because when they broke ground, they discovered a mass burial site that contained the bodies of frontier people, Native Americans, and U.S. soldiers Fuck mixed off. together. It was the only kind of burial site like that found ever. Yeah. Uh, and they had to, like, excavate it all and do all the archaeology, and they ended up moving the uh, federal soldier bodies to Davis Montham Cemetery. They returned the Native American bodies to local tribes, and they reburied the frontier people in local cemeteries. And it was like a 20-year process. And that has an important legacy here because now developers have to use, like, ground-penetrating radar to make sure there's not another mass wow. burial site. There's not yeah. a poultry guy And they still don't know right. what was the cause. Of, was it a conflict? Was it a mass illness? They don't know. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, they, they I don't want to say obviously, but I take it they, they learned who they were based on what they were buried in. I don't know the particulars, but that was what I would guess That's as well. interesting, yeah. dude. That is, yeah. Goddamn Tucson, man. You don't, you don't get that in Intersection. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Intersection. <laughs> I think you know. I think we need to get a beer. Yes, I think yeah, so too. I, think it, I gotta go to the bathroom, and okay, I'll cut great. all of that out. But uh, yeah. I'm just gonna pee right here where I'm sitting. <laughs> Please, I just did. <laughs> so, the building itself is awesome. One thing that I think really sets this place apart is the art on the walls, dude. Yeah. Every time I come in, it's different. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I don't come in, you know, all the time, every week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know you haven't been here. Since Neither do I. Yeah. yeah, but it's always different, different style. And even right now, there's different styles, right? You got the Dia de los Muertos style, but then you have like landscape paintings, but then you have photography. But it's always yeah. awesome so we, stuff. We man. work with uh, about four or five local artists usually at a time. Uh, their art is sold on consignment here, basically. Um, and we take a, a small cut to keep up with the maintenance of sure. our art hanging supplies and lighting. Yep. and So, yeah. So, when I'm looking up here... These Stephen Bai is our curator. I should say that. Wow. So, you, you have a person assigned to, to getting this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes sense, too, because... Are these um, the ones that are numbered up here? Those are art pieces as well. Yes, those are awesome. Those are all pieces that are made with old farm implements, which is interesting because on this, uh, the entire space that we occupy here at Borderlands was an extension to a building that was built in the late 1800s. Our extension was added in the 1920s, and you can still see a sign, a billboard that was on the wall of the original structure that says "Saddles uh, and Farm Implements." So that says yeah. yes. Ah, that's so, awesome. So everything hanging on the wall is for sale. If I come in here, I see a piece of art that I like, I can just grab it and then yep. pay for it and take it home, right? Yep. Fantastic. I love it. Or this. for these ones up here that have numbers, you just got to tell somebody, hey, mm-hmm. yep. uh, I want number eight up there, which I'd probably go with number six. But <laughs> it's some pretty cool shit up there. Right? Each to each their own. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So that's cool that you support not only that, not only the local, um, you know, Food and beer and yeah. just just cultural scene, art too. And one of yeah. the things uh, we're doing in that regard is uh, Gabe Ceniceros, who uh, runs one of the most popular food trucks in town called the Blacktop Grill. They just won a major award for their Elote Dog, um, uh, which is fantastic. He's going to be taking over our music. Uh, and, and we just moved, it's probably getting into another topic, but we just moved our entire production facility into a new uh, co-op with Sentinel Peak down the road. Uh, and so we're going to turn our former production area into like a stage and music. So that, was, that was the production area before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when I would come in, it was so tight. Like every, everything it was, was real tight. tight. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. All the tanks in the smallest. <laughs> so thing. I actually didn't know this. So you're kind of breaking news to me right now. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What, about, about that up for the, yeah. yeah. Well, about also Gabe taking over the music and there yep. being a stage. Holy yeah. shit. There, there is a very, actually really big area available for a stage. So yeah. uh, if you come out here. I mean, there's also live music on weekends here anyway. Yeah. Voltron. Voltron. Right? We can say Voltron. Voltron. Yeah, yeah. Voltron, yeah. Intersectional. Yeah. <laughs> I'm younger than y'all are, so I don't remember Voltron. You, but okay. you know. You know. A, I know what know it is, but he's just a pup. Not old enough, They've yeah. relaunched it on Netflix. You know. Yeah, come on, bro. Yeah. I don't pay for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean you don't get it. Mike, can you I have still, your HBO you Go it, password, yeah. please? Maybe. Give it to me right now. So, uh... By the way, I started watching Game of Thrones last week. Oh, Finally, yeah. can everybody please leave me the fuck alone? Get please, on the train, man. Please, everybody shut up about Game of Thrones. I finally started it. I, I, I didn't really like it. I also watched 11 hours of it on Sunday. So. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's not great. It's not, it's not, it's not, what, what else is going to do? Everything was closed on Sunday. Please, everybody shut up about Game of Thrones. <laughs> Anywho, so let's go Anyways, on. Anyways, moving on. I think it's two episodes in a row you've won on a Game of Thrones rant. Shut up. Yeah. God damn it. I'm not having him on anymore, man. Yeah. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> we should do like a, a, a show wrap-up of that. You, we'll talk about it. Oh, you once you get do, caught up, and once, oh, once we you have to do you know, have you guys have, have you heard of Gay of Thrones? It's like a flamboyant <laughs> no. hairdresser who does no. episode recaps. We could no. do like a beer version of that. Yes, yes. 
Game a, of Thrones. A, a Goblet of Thrones. Goblet where we talk of, about yeah. years and Game of Thrones. Yeah. We'll, just a thought. Just we'll, a thought. We'll, 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 we'll revisit that. Over. that. <laughs> we'll revisit. Can we also cut out the part where we're planning new podcasts? Like, what, what, why are we even talking about this? Like, just cut this <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Nerd alert. Nerd alert about Game of Thrones. Okay. It's fine. All right. So, moving on. So, um, Voltron. I think. <laughs> uh, the events you guys have. Yes. Different than than anybody I've seen. Like. Um, for a few of the news and reviews episodes, I've shared some things like, dude, there's going to be a science talk. And that's a whole series that you have going, right? So We actually have three science lecture series here in Borderlands. So we have uh, one that is run by the March for Science Southern Arizona. Okay. Uh, and that is a variety of different science topics on Monday nights, uh, followed by science trivia. So it's, fun. it's called Brains and Brews. Uh, so you can see a lot of different topics. The next one coming uh, up, I believe, is uh, our second science lecture series, which is run by uh, the UA Carson Scholars Program, which is a, a program in environmental science. Carson was the woman who wrote Silent Spring in the 1970s about the river that died in the Midwest, uh, where all the birds died and the river literally caught on fire and it launched the environmentalism movement. No shit. Game States. of Thrones shit. It does, right? Yes, um, yes. So the next one will be about solar. Okay. Uh, and that's on the second Thursday of the month. And then uh, finally, one Wednesday a month, it moves around due to scheduling. Uh, but uh, Southern Arizona is one of the uh, world-class areas for space and astronomy sciences. Uh-huh. So we have uh, local uh, junior science, uh, astronomy, and planetary science people come and talk about their research. Yeah. And how's the turnout for That's those? called space drafts. Space drafts. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I can attest to the turnout. March 27th it's fucking packed. Yeah. yeah. I can. No, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I've heard people yeah. come out for it. It's great. Yeah. Well, that's, and, and that's I don't like cool. it because it reminds me of how dumb I am. But otherwise, <laughs> if you're a smarty pants, you should definitely it come out. It doesn't take much, though, to remind you yeah, how dumb that's <laughs> yeah. What is that? Words? No. Super, yeah. That's mean. Uh, Siri, Google Space. Smart. What does space mean? <laughs> but you guys do, um, you do the conventional, like, uh, brewery type of things, too. Like, you also, have, uh, yeah. like, what is it? Not, is it lawn darts? Oh, we have bocce. Bocce, that's Boche. what it is. Yeah. Bocce. Bocce, 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 Bocce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, that's that's cool that you're doing, and, and that's obviously, I don't say obviously, but it, it's, I, I assume that it's from your science background, like of your course. passion for science. Yeah. And, yeah. And I think this is just a rant, but, uh, you know, we have a serious issue with science literacy in this um, country. Okay. Uh, and it's causing us to make a lot of terrible decisions. Um, including, you know, and this is controversial, but it's just the truth, like vaccines. Um, Arizona w- was listed as being the next major uh, area for a giant measles outbreak. Uh, the governor, uh, Governor Ducey, finally just came out and said he would veto any bill that would uh, potentially reduce the number of vaccines happening, so that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, so we we have some, climate change is a big one. Sure. So and following you on 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 you know you and I being friends on Facebook, you share a lot of this stuff. And, yeah. Um, and it's really interesting because the way you do it is not um, you do it the right way. You're just like, hey, be it's aware. An invitation. Yeah, like, yeah. Here's what's going on. Like this is if you want to. This is real shit that's yeah. happening. Um, and 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 to be fair. A huge problem with our uh, science literacy problem in this country is that we do not teach science properly. Science is an investigative endeavor that requires curiosity and questioning of every single 
thing that you think you understand. Yeah. Um, and it is not the way it's taught. It's taught as this didactic, like, memorization of facts. History. That's not what science is. It's not even what it's about. I forget how smart Mike is. That's right. No. He's a genius. I love God it, dude. It. I love, I love it. Well, and that's a good way to put that because when you think about it, like the way, the process that you went through, and and I feel like you and I are about the same age. I'm 40. Um, 40? April. Hell yeah, November. 33, I'm so young. November 78. Yeah, yeah, this guy. He looks older than both of us. Some some shit hurts, but a lot of shit hurts, but (laughs) not all the things. So, but but when I think back, the way that the process, every single step of the way that I went through science class was the awful. same way I went through history class. Yes. That was it. Memorization. And it's pointless. What do you yeah. derive from that? It's just right. pointless memorization of facts, yeah. which is not what science is. Yeah. Interesting. Well, Borderlands is trying to change We're that. We're trying with, to. Yeah. Well, so just a quick shout out. The Alan Alda Center for Communi- Communicating Science, for those of you young pups, Alan Alda was a famous... Uh, TV star who starred in MASH. He's still a famous TV. He's still alive. He also, okay. yes. Yeah. And he created the Center for Science Communication. They have a major contest every year, which is like, can you explain your science to an 11 year old? And they're doing amazing work in the way that we change science education and communication. Well, hey there. Look I'm, uh, I, I'd really like to teach science to some, uh, some kids your, today. Yeah, hey there. All in, all <laughs> well, Class you, is you not us, allowed around children. Did you ever uh, see me around <laughs> MASH? I, uh, I was teaching all the kids on the center uh, for science on MASH. Wait, so I'm thinking of Alan Alda as, was he the, the heroin uh, grandfather on Little Miss Sunshine? No, that's Alan Harkin. No. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Okay, yeah. MASH. Yeah. Alan Alda also Mash. did like Nova for a long time on PBS. Who was he on Mash? That's, oh, he was, was uh, Hawkeye. Was that it? God, I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, fuck. This Mash. is getting real deep. This is getting Mash. Real so deep. Mash, for those of you who don't know, was a well, sit, sort of a weird comedy, dark comedy about the Korean War. Uh, yeah, the show lasted oh, longer than, the, yes. uh, than okay. the Korean War yep. did. The actual Korean War. Yeah. Did. He, he was, was the, the main guy. guy. He was the main guy. Main guy. Mash. Hawkeye yeah. Pierce, I think, is my name. Stop my, with that Alan impression, please. Yeah, that's a real bad dude. Yeah, I'm cutting all of that out. I'm actually cutting you out of the entire episode based on that impression I got, attempt. Uh, I can do apology, buddy. Uh, yeah. Oh, God damn well, it. In, in classic, in classic tap that easy form, we're 47 minutes in, and we haven't even talked about, talked about the beer. <laughs> right? so, hey, do you have beer here? Great, hey, though. Yeah, hey, yeah. So uh, we got, I like beer. Well, we talked a little bit about the Tua Avenue, but that's it. Yeah. And the prickly pear a little bit. And a prickly pear a little bit, but it was almost well, there, like in passing. That reminds me, the, the Citrona Goza yeah. is the first sour beer I ever had, and it was right and here. And the first in cans from Arizona. Yeah. The first in cans? Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I also remember it being weird. I was like, 90, that's a confidence interval of 95. <laughs> yeah. I also remember it being weird. Just like, that. oh my god, a sour beer? That's so crazy. Did you like it? I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I still love it. But you like sours, right? Yeah, I love yeah. sours. You, yeah. you don't, you piece of shit. I do. Oh, you do now. That's came right. out of the sour You don't like dark yeah. beers. Like I don't. Yeah. Okay. Not, Fuck, it's I'm, better. Yeah. I'm not big on... Well, it's better that I don't like dark beers? No. It, that's... Never mind. I was making a <laughs> joke about coming out of the closet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Go, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Citrona Goza was, uh, I think, the first uh, sour beer I ever had, and it was uh, fantastic. What was... So what's, what's the approach at Borderlands to, like, to... The, what's the beer approach? I guess is what I'm trying to say. I, so I think, as you mentioned, we're sort of known for innovation, yeah. um, and so that's that's a big part of uh, what our core values are, um, and we try to stay at the the edge of that. Um, part of that is our partnership with Sentinel Peak and and moving into a co-op. Yeah, um, is that ro- it's a, is that 
operating now? Yes. As a, do you have a tap room there? Uh, we will soon. Soon, okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> uh, this is why we get all on tangents, but uh, yeah. at this Good Business Summit, we learned that uh, co-ops are going to be the, uh, the way forward for business, small business as a future, because sure. the um, passage of the Main Street Act directs the Small Business Administration to preferentially invest in co- cooperative businesses. Really? Yeah. So what is that? What's the Main Street Act? The Main Street Act was uh, passed, I think, primarily in response to the financial crisis okay. of the 2009 timeline. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, co-ops, so for as an example, uh, New Belgium Brewing Company is an employee-owned co-op. And what that does is the profits from that business go back to the community that works there and, and that creates community wealth building sure um and so that was a thought as a remedy to the kind of uh wealth inequality that we're experiencing in this country uh which led to the financial crisis and so it's it's thought of as a a mechanism to reverse that trend gotcha gotcha so um you'll see more and more cooperatives popping up all over the country including in in the brewing industry yeah i've never heard of uh, two breweries coming together to create a third well, there, you know business there yeah. is an example prior to us which was the phoenix ale house and sonoran brewing oh yeah, yeah yeah oh gotcha okay yeah the white chocolate yeah. uh white chocolate well, yeah, because I, did they ever even have a tasting room like did did sonoran yeah. they uh-huh. did okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they don't anymore though no, I think they do. Do they really? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Man, I need to do more research on this. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Uh, but going back to the beer, like, yeah, like oh, yeah. just innovation, yeah. <laughs> like sours, using local ingredients, uh, Tool Avenue being a, a hazy, you know, East Coast IPA. Those are all sort of trends that we try to stay. We try to do our read up and do our processing. That's something I've always said about Borderlands that I, I love them early on, even back when y'all were shitty. But I oh, always have always loved. <laughs> no, I've always loved Borderlands. But I, I definitely uh, appreciate the fact that you use local ingredients. I've said you know you don't grow prickly pears everywhere. So the prickly pear wheat beer, which is the first beer that I had from y'all that I really truly loved. Um, you know you can't get that in New York. You don't make that shit. So uh, Tucson, Arizona, New York City. Is, is objectively better than uh, exactly. New York, New York City, Beautiful. because you can uh, get a prickly bear wheat be here. You can't get it there. So, yeah. right. I think authenticity and sense of place is a major trend in the industry. And if you're not getting on top of that, then you're not doing it right. Yeah, you know what? It's true, and that's what people want, right? Like, so people want. I mean, there are obviously people, you know, like places like Tap and Bottle and wandering tortoise that are like creating like hey here's all the good shit that's being right. made right but also there's something cool about coming into a place and you just you're you're in there with the community but then you're also drinking things that are coming from there's just so, it, it's man, you unexplainable know, i give you an example of the importance of this visit tucson has been a great partner of ours um they have marketed our beer scene to uh the world importantly southern arizona's uh, economy depends on tourism from mexico so a major force in the entire Arizona. Actually, Sonora is the largest trading partner for Arizona. Oh, really? So, okay. uh, yeah, we do more business with Sonora than any other uh, state in the country. Visit Tucson. That's right it, there. right there. Yeah, Visit yeah. Tucson, yeah. Um, so many Mexicans buying 4K TVs at Best Buy. And, uh, yeah, no, like <laughs> literally, Black Friday, they call yeah, it yeah. Sonoran Sunday. So all these yeah. shoppers come up from yeah. Hermosillo, Nogales, 
uh, spend their money here, and that is an essential part of our economy. And it goes both ways. Yeah, um, my employees are so mad. It's just like I speak English. We're going. We're going down <laughs> to Sonora uh, for uh, the Sonoran Chefs Festival nice. on uh, okay. April fourth, which is April fifth is my fortieth birthday. So that's the next day, and we're so having a big old. shindig down there with our friends. Uh, Bukubichi Brewing is the first craft beer uh, brewery in Sonora, uh, and they're one of our like major partners that uh, we do a lot of collaborations with. So, oh my god, I love Borderlands beer, but <laughs> goddamn, when I'm when I'm in Phoenix, I really wish I could get Borderlands beer on draft. It's so hard to get out there. Well, is is there any way that I can like in the near future well, get I'm my hands on a, on a oh <laughs> wait well, what's that we are uh, actually opening a Phoenix tap room soon. Oh, oh no, no shit way. oh look yeah. at that class oh, is looking at my wait. notes right <laughs> yeah he's speeding through this agenda which is good because we get tangen- <laughs> tangentialized <laughs> yes no it's so exciting um, eight well, minutes from my house. I gotta clarify All that. Day. Eight minutes. It would be. It would be five you minutes if I could. There. If I could Maybe. drive She's through. She's not gonna the, bike there. This fat no, piece of shit. Jesus. Yeah. Hey. No. I'll uh, actually probably get a scooter, rent a scooter. Yes, to you could ride an electric scooter <laughs> there. It would be it's, fine. It's uh, nine minutes from uh, my friends Edwin and Michelle, who yep. uh, are listeners of your podcast. Edwin and Michelle, shout out to y'all. Uh, please keep your uh, guest bedroom open because <laughs> I'm going to walk over there, bang on your door. Edwin and Michelle, I tried to go to Flagstaff and I didn't make it. Uh, I'm <laughs> yes. also not wearing pants for some reason. Please let me in. No one will look down upon you for refusing him room at the end. <laughs> no, no, that's what... <laughs> That's what he said. Like, Eric won't let me in his house, so you're my only hope at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but that's yeah, no, that's cool, Borderland man. Public house. It's yeah. going to be in Deer Valley. Uh, Marshall Norris, Matt Wright, and Trevor uh, Stetch are on that project. Shut up, beer Marshall. Yep. Uh, we're doing a Kickstarter right now, so check it out. Uh, we're building out that space, and we're going to be opening that tap room. It'll be a nano brewery up there as well, producing just beers. Uh, that we might get some down here, but you'll only be able to find them at that tap room and down here. Here's awesome. here's a question that I had that I was going to ask you just when we're hanging out, but I got to have it on the record. Sure. I am a, 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 a Borderlands. So Borderlands is a mug club, yearly mug club. How much is it? Uh, the mug club is going to be uh, who can see that far away? Fifty, 50 bucks. Fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. That's really good. Yeah. You get yeah. a twenty ounce mug for the price of a pint. You get a, a dollar. There's a lot of benefits. A lot of benefits. You get a swag of beer. I'm oh, actually special, special beer releases, special parties just for mug club members. You should absolutely first join. dibs on can releases. Absolutely join. I, I am like the you. first lifetime member. Yes. Uh, He's got an engraved first lifetime stainless of, that's steel stein. Too drunk to die. Too I drunk love to that. die. My, yeah. my mug, I got engraved with too drunk to die. It's I very asked classy. It, so you can get a uh, uh, like a stein that's uh, engraved. That's I, a lifetime mug club membership. Yeah. What I, the first time I wanted, I wanted it to say whose wife do I have to stop fucking to get a drink around here? But it, they <laughs> charge by the letter anyway. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so by um, the letter. <laughs> yeah, but you can get an, an engraved stein. So let's remember what I want to ask. Is my mug club going to transfer to Borderlands Public House in Phoenix? No. So God that's an it. important God question. Uh, they are two independently run businesses. Shit. Sorry. Well, you should join both because Borderlands Brewing, both in Tucson and the uh, Public House in uh, North Deer Phoenix, yeah. in Deer Valley, they're both worth your time, worth the, uh, the money you're going to spend on the, the mug clubs there. And I, I absolutely, it's, it's the best. The best fifty bucks I've ever spent 
to be part of this mukbang. Fifty bucks on a lot of weird shit too, man. <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> you don't even want to know what he spent. What else is on the menu? Fifty bucks has been spent on. Yeah, if you have to ask, you can't afford yeah. it. Yeah, Patriot yeah. guy. Patriot <laughs> yeah. uh, guy. It's called plausible deniability. So yes. I'm gonna backtrack a little Backtracking. bit because you, with with you've said it a few times, like being so close to the the Mexico border, you guys have kind of cross have you collaborated relationship we have we've created several uh collaborations with our good friends over at Bucubici brewing okay is that that's a craft brewery in in mexico in hermosillo yeah how far away is that from here Sonora. it's a four-hour drive from tucson yeah okay. yeah uh so and we have also just launched a great partnership with our uh good friend uh esteban Terran, known as s um so there's a great food truck park Next to uh, Bucubici Brewing called Parque La Ruina, which means the, the Parque Park of La Ruins. Ruina. <laughs> Did you say um, Wiener? But it's <laughs> awesome, like really cool, like uh, food truck roundup where you can go and get food from any truck and then sit in a common area. Yeah. And they have a great bar and they're going to be um, importing our beer along with some other notable Arizona breweries. Um, Dillinger Brewing is on tap out there. So uh, Eric Sight from Dillinger and I are going to go on a fact-finding mission. It's going to be Huss and Us and yeah. I think Dragoon and, and 1912 and I think Pueblo Vida. I'm we need sure. to go and uh, inspect the product, make sure that it's uh, well. They need quality It's part of a larger trend of how much business we do with our, our partners Yeah, in El Otro Lado. Yeah, maybe get some of these Absolutely. goddamn Mexicans into the tap room yeah. or into uh, <laughs> to other yes. Arizona. Well, Bucabichi uh, was up here rooms. for the Tucson Craft Beer Crawl, which was the yeah. the sort of end event of the Arizona okay. Beer Week. I think we should wrap up. I think we're it's going to get kind of crazy over here. Yeah, that no, girl's about so. to lose her debit card out of her pocket too. We okay. should let her know about that. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> this is this is a lot of fun. This is yeah, great. Thank I, you I, very much. I, absolutely, man. I always forget that Mike Malasi is a genius. Because dude, I've wanted to get Mike on for the longest time of just talking to people of of the the amount of love that people have for you. And yeah. One, one question this. though. So, how do, how does it feel being the old guard? Like you are the. Uh, <laughs> the I gr- remember when beer used to cost a nickel. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, like when you see all of these breweries, it is weird. It's step, weird. Seven years old. Like seven years old doesn't sound like it, the weirdness old. about it is like people come to me for mentorship, and there's a new mentorship program starting in the guild, and I'm like, wow, I would be happy to share my very limited knowledge of the brewing right. industry right. with you. Because, if you want to uh, listen to me, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. 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 How, how do you feel about these uh, these new kids getting into the scene? Uh, it's great. I mean, I think caution, don't do it, but sure. if you still want to do it, that's great. Yeah. So so what's what, so you've got Voltron, you've got the public house going in at, at, on Deer Valley and yeah. 7th Avenue. 7th yeah. Avenue? Shit. 7th something, so, Streeter Avenue. Marshall so is going to kill me. Are you going to have the same beers that are on tap here in uh, Deer yes. Valley? Or? Yeah, okay. so we'll have we'll have a bunch of our beers, our flagships for sure, up there. And Two Avenue. Gonna be, uh, there are also our special releases they're going to get a cut of, and we're going to get a cut of their special releases down nice, here. Nice. So, yeah. Dude, that's a good team to have. Yeah. Like, you've got... Uh, so, I met Marshall and Trevor. Yeah. I haven't and met Matt. Matt. Mm-hmm. I haven't met Matt, but, dude, just... It was so cool to go in there. Uh, it was really just a couple of days after you guys, got, I think, got the keys. Yeah. And Marshall's like, dude, come in. And yeah. he, and he's trying to show me visually, like, here's what to expect. Here's what to expect. And now to go on the Instagram and see, holy shit, it's gutted. Yeah. That's a huge spot, man. What's the timeline on? Uh... It's challenging. I mean, timelines on build out are always a 
crapshoot, but yeah. you know, a couple like months, six few months, months. <laughs> to whatever mm-hmm. the uh, timeline is. When but um, two to twenty months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> right. when, when the place does open, it's going to be at seven oh one West Deer Thank Valley you, Road in Phoenix. Yeah, dude, right next to Habanero Grill. Yes. And the Deer Valley Airport, from what I understand. And I've heard that. You could fly there, potentially, if you're super rich. <laughs> you could. Right? You could. So you've got the brew ho- or the public house. You've got Voltron. What's What else is on the horizon for Borderlands? Just, uh, the export feature in Sonora. Um, sustainability. Oh, diversity. Yeah. Diversity oh, yes. is the next yeah, big that's my feature. Shit. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So uh, Classy over here is helping us apply for the new uh, Brewers Association grant to host an event about uh, diversity and inclusion in the craft beer industry. There's uh, some major challenges facing the industry. One is cannabis, wine, and spirits. Those are on the rise. Uh, Beer is actually on the decline. Uh, And one of the issues identified uh, in the craft beer industry is that it lacks diversity. So it's predominantly male. It's predominantly white. And by increasing the diversity of our uh, customer base, we can secure our economic future. Uh, so addressing the, the barriers that um, people feel towards uh, being felt, felt like they're included in this industry is a really important thing. Yeah. And so that's why the Brewers Association hired uh, Dr. J, the new uh, brewery um, uh, diversity ambassador. Dr. J, Dr. J, dude, that's a great choice too. Yeah, yeah no, Julie Serving, awesome. yeah. Like, and also, I, I appreciate uh, that Mike Malazzi is uh, getting into this because Italians aren't real white people. But also, I definitely, <laughs> it's true. It's true. you know, what I've always said is that <laughs> beer is for everybody, and the fact that it's a, a very white male dominated scene. You know, it's not a bad thing, but yeah. what brewery doesn't want more customers? You know, sure. different yeah. customer base, expand it's, different it's, communities. It's an economic imperative. If you're not addressing this issue, you're going to be faced with more challenges. Yeah, yeah. Tucson is like 50% Hispanic. You know? Well, well also, like, I mean, who, who do you guys have brewing your beers right now? That's right. That's a good point. So, yeah. Ayla uh, Kapahi who, and Cassidy Johnson. Oh, we're an all-female-led brewing team. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're badasses too. They are. Those girls are so awesome. They are. I love. Really yeah, are. Cassie. We were. I was at Borderlands yesterday because everything else was fucking closed. Classy. You mean border? You're Borderlands <laughs> no, no, now. No, no, Borderlands. Uh, Barrio. You I fucking Barrio. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I was at Barrio. And I was at Borderlands Cassie yesterday. Was Wait, that's today. I don't yeah. even know. She's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I love seeing her." Like, for, well, yeah. the first time I came here. She's like, oh, what are you guys doing? You know, I, Max is like, oh, yeah, Eric has a podcast. Like, I don't like talking about it to people, um, except these people. Hold on. I'm going to tell these guys what I do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so Cassidy like was me. like, she's like, oh, if you guys are checking out Bruce, she's like, go over there to, when you're done here having a beer, go over to Crooked Tooth. Yeah. And she introduced us to Julie and Ben. And I was Hello, like, Julie oh, and Ben. Oh, aren't they the best? Yeah. Shout they out Julie are and the Ben. Best. Julie yeah. came up to me, to the good business center with me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, people, I, I really think um, Tucson for sure has uh, a lot of. Well, it's interesting. Has a lot of women in the beer scene that are really coming yes. up and uh, are, are doing great yeah. work. And, uh, you know, let's, let's get into it. Fuck it. You know, there's a lot of people who, when I bring this up, their response is, why are you fucking talking about like race or like women? Just women can just His be in the of beer scene. The blah, blah, just like yeah. random on so Twitter. Like, just a quick a segue. Like this, this, um, the team that we built to help apply for this grant are Missy and Shyla um, 
from Bone Arrow Brewing in, in Albuquerque. They were okay. on the cover of New Brewer. It's the only native-owned brewery in the country. Uh, we have some people from the Phoenix beer scene, Six Feet of Dynamite, Della Fur, uh, and Tony McClinton, uh, Crafted Urbanite on the team, uh, Sarah Ritchie from 12 West, uh, Victoria Perigen from Tucson GPO, Classy. So we're trying to really address that with a good team that understands a lot of the aspects of it. Bonnie Jackson from Irene's Tap Room and Helio Basin is also involved. Yeah, the pe- the people that that bitch and moan and say that you were being divisive for bringing up race and like, the the uh, disparity in race and gender in the craft beer scene, it's literally the opposite of what I'm doing. What I'm saying is that craft beer, good beer, is for everyone. Yeah, I for think absolutely everyone. And I don't think anybody can really look at the beer scene and deny the fact that it's like mostly well, white male I think, dominated. I think the issue is that by by admitting that there is an issue with diversity and inclusion in the craft beer scene, it means that. You have to admit that you were participating in a system that was exclusive. And people don't want to do that. That's not an easy thing to admit. And so we need to reduce the barriers to admitting that as well. And I think that Arizona is in a very good place because I'm not going to say – I'm not saying that anyone in the beer scene is racist or right. exclusive. That's, that's uh, what exclu- people yeah. fear is no, that if don't. by admitting that, dis- that disparity, right. yeah. they, they have to admit at. that they're racist, which is not the case. That's not interesting. That's a really yeah. good way to put that. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. I, what I've always said is like look at the, the people that uh, own breweries, head brewers. Most of them are white guys, and that's – and that's cool, but you need to do a little bit more. The same um, thing, outreach. by the way, is happening in the cannabis industry. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, I think that we're we're in a good position because the scene here is uh, so it's young, and we're growing. And I think we need to grow a little bit more into the uh, the the different areas, the different it's a maturity demographics. Thing, yeah. yeah, for yeah, sure. We're so, in our adolescence. We're figuring shit yeah, out. When I'm not it's okay. Yeah, I'm not trying to shit on anybody. Goddamn. It's just I'm just saying. Stop like, shitting on. But uh, yeah, but, but yeah. So and I I'm I'm one of the few brown people in in uh, Arizona breweries. Um, I, I noticed that. So I really feel that beer is an idea. Craft beer it's is for an everybody. identity. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. it's people that want we we always want to share it. We beer want brings to have people shares. together. And yeah, we should bring everybody. together. Yeah, we want to have bottle shares. We want to hang yeah, out. Right. Yeah. So let's have more friends coming in yeah. from different backgrounds. Talk to each other. Shoot That's the it. shit. Learn more from each other's backgrounds. It's gonna boom. Be, it'll, it'll make this. It'll make uh, the scene in the industry way better. Solved. Unplug that. Pull it out of there. Drop exactly. the mic. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. 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 But no. Mic. That, so oh, I just broke your mic. Shit. I'm sorry. Classy. <laughs> He's always awesome. Yeah. And that's actually a quick plug to keep an eye out because this guy. I don't know how much he wants me to say, but oh. he's, what, he's what are you gonna, talking about? He's gonna he's gonna create some stuff. He's running Classy, for office. Cla- cla- no, I'll just, God, I would never God. support that. No, no Jesus never Christ, support can, that. Can you imagine? But no, like Classy's Classy has a really cool idea for uh, for a podcast series. He's gonna do and, awesome. And uh, I, have a cool, gonna, I have a lot of cool ideas for a lot of shit. Podcast, yeah, classic comic movie, you know. Well, but, yeah, baby steps. A whole merch line. Yeah. But yes, like, keep, keep an eye out on uh, some some uh, some upcoming projects from the Classy Alcoholics. Absolutely, alcoholic, so. absolutely, yeah. M- Mike Malazzi, where can people find Borderlands Brewing Company in uh, real life and also on the internet to keep up with uh, events and oh, uh, music and food trucks? Borderlandsbrewing.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also, uh, we're at 119 East Tool Avenue in downtown Tucson, Arizona, and hopefully soon... At the Voltron Tap Room, just down the road at 330 South Tool Avenue, our uh, Phoenix Tap Room, which will be located at 701 West Deer Valley Road in 
Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix. Uh, yeah. So thank you guys very much. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me plugging, I am no. the Classy Alcoholic, Arizona's number one craft beer, wine, and spirits blogger. Uh, follow me on Instagram. That's my main shit. At the Classy Alcoholic. I'm also on Facebook. Just search the Classy Alcoholic. Uh, my website is theclassyalcoholic.net. I can't afford the dot com. I'm on Twitter at Brown and Drunk. I'm on Snapchat at Brown and Drunk. And uh, I'm also, you can also find me at Borderlands getting stupid hammered. And, no, uh, that doesn't happen. We cut Uber. him off. Oh, oh yeah. No. We cut, we cut off. And also taking an Uber home. So. Yeah. Like he doesn't even know the DLC. <laughs> And hey, also, this you? is a Tap That Easy podcast, and this is the last episode we will ever have the class out. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for listening. Later. <laughs> thanks for listening to the show. If you see Borderlands beer anywhere, get it. They've got some great stuff on the shelves. If you have an opportunity to go down to their brewery in Tucson, that place is awesome. Uh, so no matter what you do, uh, get out there and support Borderlands Brewing Company. Also, check out my man, the Classy Alcoholic. Um, I think he gave his website. Or find him. Just Google Classy Alcoholic. You'll find find him somewhere. Won't find his face, though. He does a really good job of hiding his, his ugly face. But um, thank you guys for your support, as always. Got some really cool episodes coming up here pretty soon. Uh, ratings and reviews every other Monday. If you guys are interested in doing a rating, a beer rating, a beer review, uh, reach out to me. Um, and yeah, just keep staying awesome. And always remember to stay awesome. Estoy tan enamorado de la negra Tomasa. Y cuando se va de casa, triste me pongo. Estoy tan enamorado de mi negra preciosa. Y cuando se va